Welcome to the Feel Her Awesome Show. I'm your host, Jess. I'm a wife and a mama, and like you, juggling all the things like work and misbehaved but really cute dogs. I'm a sports dietitian and empowered eating coach. I am obsessed with nutrition science and helping you crank up the volume on your body's biofeedback and turn down the noise on diet culture. Let's pivot your relationship with food and your body from distrust to a confident bond with a deeper definition of what makes you beautiful. Strap on your seatbelt, sister, because empowered eating will change your life. What's up, Fuel Her Awesome friends? You guys ready to talk about Ozempic? This is that wonder weight loss drug that has made its way across headlines this year. I have friends who are taking it, patients asking about it, and I thought, let's talk about it on the show. Now, I do want to say in this episode, I'm going to be talking a lot about weight loss because this is a weight loss medication. If you are battling an eating disorder or recently recovered, please either listen with care or skip this episode. Ozempic is contraindicated for anyone in this category. So regardless of what is in this episode, if you're battling an eating disorder, this medication is not something that is recommended for you. Okay, so by now you have probably heard of Ozempic. And if you haven't, its claim to fame is the latest and allegedly greatest weight loss medication that has ever hit the market. It was originally approved by the FDA in 2017 as a type 2 diabetes medication to help with insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance. And in the last couple years, it has gained a ton of attention because there are rumors of celebrities taking it. I mean, even Jimmy Kimmel made a punchline of it at the Oscars this year. We see before and after photos on TikTok that are grabbing lots of attention Like I said, I have patients taking it, friends taking it, people asking about it. I have colleagues who feel really encouraged by it and others who are angry that it is out there. So what is behind the supposed weight loss wonder drug? How does it work? And most importantly, is it safe? I'm so excited to dive into this one because it is a hot topic and I love breaking down the science and then looking at this through the empowered eating lens. But before we dive into the content, I promise we'll get there quick. I just have to tell you guys something that I am so, so, so excited about. I have been working hard behind the scenes for the last three months for you, rewriting, redoing, adding, creating, and pulling together something for you all. If you listen to this podcast, you hear me talk about empowered eating. Empowered eating is my my treatment model, how I approach food. It is layering three components of health on top of each other to put you in the driver's seat of your health, your body, your food, helping you eat intuitively and hit your goals. So I have mapped it out for you guys. Over 12 weeks, I will walk you through what the empowered eating method is and how to get there. First, we look at your body's biofeedback. What does your body have to say about the way you treat it, the foods you eat, completely removing the good or bad food list. Like what does food you put in your body. What does your body say about the food you put in it? Secondly, it's looking at your values, redefining health. This is a lot of the psychological work and the cognitive restructuring. And of course, nutrition science. This is where we dive into tailored, customized nutrition fuel planning for you. Like how can we take modern science and what it's taught us about biohacking the body and reaching your goals? So we layer all three of these, one on top of the other, no shame, no rules, definitely no macro counting, this is empowered eating. So this process, again, it's been mapped out for you guys over the 12 week period and it is ready for you. I have moved everything over. I'm on a new client platform, which allows so many, many cool tools to be pulled in 
There are food logging journals so that if you ever decide to work with me one-on-one, we can look at those together. And I just have to note this. When I say food logging journal, I am not talking about like counting your macros. (laughs) These food logging journals actually have prompts so that you can check in like, what's my hunger level before? What's my my satiety level afterwards? And then we can look at some of the patterns that are happening throughout your day and how your body's responding to it. Like super cool stuff. There's group chat options. You can connect with other people in the course. And of course you can directly message me and, and everyone inside my program receives discounted one-on-one pricing and one-on-one coaching sessions with me. So lots going on on there. You're going to see more coming in the next few weeks on this, but I had to give you guys a heads up because I'm so, so excited. It's been going on behind the scenes, like I said, for the last three months. So to see it all together and ready for you is something that just I'm so excited. So go check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. And oh, and a side note, anyone who was a part of Food Foundations, you automatically get added to this. So I have sent out emails um, for the last like two months on this, but if for any reason you missed those, no problem. Just shoot me an email and my team will get you moved over to the new platform. We have a list of everyone that was in Food Foundation. So woohoo! <laughs> All right, let's get into this content on Ozempic, what is this drug? Now, few disclaimers here before we dive in. I I just have to give these disclaimers because anytime we're talking about something that's controversial, you know, here I am on a mic talking to thousands of people. I mean, you each are your own individual. You have your own story, your own genetics, your own background. So I have to give a few disclaimers here because talking about this on a giant, on on a platform is tricky. Number one, any medication decision that you decide to make needs to be a one-on-one conversation with your physician or your healthcare team. I'm going to address some of the general research findings and some of the observations I found in my practice, but ultimately any decision you make about a medication needs to be done with your healthcare team. Number two, I'm not here to shame anyone. I, I don't play the shame game. I'm not here to shame you into or out of taking this drug. I think there's a lot of stigma around it. I know in, in, the dietetic world, there's like two opposing opinions. There are some people that are like, finally. And then I've got kind of like the more anti-diet side that is like, this is this is a um, fat phobic issue that's just being perpetuated. So I don't like to take those sides because when I meet with people one-on-one, it's it's like never the extreme side, right? Like everybody has a story. Everybody comes at this with their own feelings. I mean, I think it dehumanizes it to not have this as a one-on-one conversation. So I'm not here to shame. Rather, I'm here to present the science and again, some observations behind this new weight loss medication. And most importantly, prompt you to look at it through an empowered eating lens. So that takes me to my third disclaimer, which is my bias disclaimer. I, you know, in a perfect world, we would all be unbiased and could remain neutral about things. I work really hard to do that and try to meet people where they're at, but I do have a general bias here. I had come from an eating disorder background and I've seen, you know, for years and and lived it and felt it and seen it in my friends and my patients that when we hyper-focus on weight loss, it's never good. And there's so, so much to unpack behind that. I wish so badly that we lived in a world where all women of all body shapes and sizes, they never felt the pressure to modify or change her body. I wish each and every one of you could genuinely feel comfortable in your body, regardless of what it looks like. I mean, that's a lot of what my mission here is. It's to be a catalyst for you to get to that point, 
to wave the white flag, redefine what beautiful is. And, you know, I, I truly believe in a bigger, more expansive way of health and beauty. I don't think it can be summed up in your BMI or your weight or how you look. I like to help women discover and live out the kind of beauty that runs so, well, not just beauty, health, beauty and health that runs deeper than looks, appearance, and body shape. And yeah, so so with that being said, <laughs> that being said, I have a bit of a bias because that's my mission here and that's what I'm here to empower you to do. So anytime weight loss is presented from anything outside of medical necessity, which is different from the social pressure to achieve a body that matches what our culture defines as beautiful, but here's my big but. At the end of the day, I'm not in your body. You are. I don't get to tell you what you should or shouldn't do with your body, and it is your right to decide how you want to live in it. So even though I have my bias, you know, I do believe that like you're, you're in charge of your body. You get to decide what to do with that. And I approach that with my clients. Like I'm thinking of one in particular right now who's taking this medication and she came to me and asked me my opinion. And I said, well, you want my opinion or do you want me to help support guide you in making a decision? Because my opinion is don't take it. But my, after discussion, you know, it was in alignment with something she wanted to do. And I'm so here for that. And I can, I can set aside my opinions and get human with you and, and think differently about something. So hopefully that makes sense to y'all. Okay. With all of those disclaimers, um, again, this podcast is intended to answer some questions and invite you to use empowered eating skills as we dive into what is Ozempic. All right. So I'm going to go over this pretty quickly. I'm going to also link some extra podcast episodes in the show notes that dive into this a lot deeper. These are production companies that have far more money, time, and resources than I do, and I think they do a really good job. So if you want to continue this conversation, be sure you check out the show notes. Okay, so what is Ozempic? At its basis, it is a, well, let me back up. So in your gut, anytime we eat, there are so many hormones at play that help us balance our hunger and satiety. And we talk a lot about like ghrelin and leptin. I talk about that a lot in the empowered eating method, but there's one in particular, glucagon-like peptide one. And this is a hormone that was produced in the gut and released when you eat food. It causes you to reduce your appetite. It causes ghrelin, your hunger hormone to go down. And it also tells the body to release insulin. Now, insulin is our hormone that is produced by the pancreas. And it goes into our bloodstream, it connects with our blood sugar and pulls energy into the cell or puts it somewhere else to be stored. So Ozempic is a glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonist. Isn't that a mouthful? (laughs) There will not be a test at the end of this. So for the rest of the episode, we're just going to call it a GLP-1 so you don't get that whole mouthful. (laughs) But these drugs, they, they actually mimic the action of the GLP-1 signaling hormone to lower blood pressure and release that insulin. So there's three primary ways Ozempic works to help manage blood sugar. Number one, it delays your stomach emptying. So when digestion is slowed and food is sitting in the gut for longer, it gets released more slowly. This prevents blood sugar from spiking after a meal and you feel satiated for longer. This also causes an increase in insulin production to help your body move glucose into your cells again, especially after a meal. 
Lastly, it's going to reduce the sugar that gets, that gets released from your liver into the bloodstream. And then finally, we don't exactly know how this is working, but the GLP-1 is also connecting with the brain, letting the brain know, hey, we've had enough for longer. And so this is where a lot of the patients I know that are on it, they, they have report that the food noise or like the thoughts about food is muted and they're contributing that to this GLP-1 connecting with the brain saying, hey, we have enough. So research has found that these particular drugs can also lower, for those at risk, the risk of heart disease, heart failure, stroke, kidney disease, and it may improve blood pressure and cholesterol. Okay, before I dive into whether or not it's safe and are there side effects, I think we have to think for a minute about who this medication is for. As I mentioned, it was released in 2017, or it was approved by the FDA in 2017 for type 2 diabetes. And then about, I think it was four years later, four or five years later, they also said, okay, this can be a weight loss medication. So it was originally intended for individuals who had health comorbidities that would benefit from a reduction in blood sugar levels. But when they found weight loss was happening, of course, that's the million dollar question, right? Is how can we help with weight loss? They've repackaged it as a weight loss medication. So I think we have to be aware of where it's coming from, especially when we're, if somebody's considering taking it, you know, it, are we taking it for a medical necessity because we're trying to manage blood sugar and drop blood pressure and cholesterol levels? Or is it simply because we're trying to lose that last 15 pounds. So, okay, let's dive into some of the side effects. The main side effects that are reported are nausea, GI upset, heartburn, gas, vomiting, headaches, diarrhea, and blurred vision. And this is primarily what I've seen in my patients that are taking it. They really have struggled with the GI upset, especially as the dosages are increased. That GI upset tends to get worse. And it makes sense because of Zembic at, at its core, it is gastrointestinal dysfunction, right? Like it is delaying the way you digest food, and it is messing with the hormones that are released in your gut. So is this safe? That's the million dollar, that's the next million dollar question. We don't know. So far, the studies are saying there are no major health risks. And some studies, as I mentioned, are suggesting that there are some benefits like reduction in heart disease, heart failure, stroke, kidney, and cholesterol levels. So there might be some benefits, but what are the major risks? There have been a few smaller studies showing an increase in depression. And this one made sense to me because if we think of gut dysregulation, I talk a lot on here about, on this podcast, about the importance of your microbiome and gut health. And anytime we mess with that, I wonder if there's going to be a, an impact on our mental health. They're finding 90% of our serotonin is made in our gut. So what happens when we start messing with our gut and create this and add in this GI dysregulator. Another concern is the type of weight that's being lost in these patients. When anyone's trying to lose weight, one of the things we look for is about a 75% body fat loss to a 25% lean mass loss. Now, when folks are taking Ozempic, some of the studies are showing that we're not seeing that favorable of a ratio. They're seeing more of a two thirds muscle loss and a one third fat loss. But again, this is of course going to depend on you know, what type of body is actually taking the medication. But either way, that is an alarming statistic to read because muscle mass preservation is incredibly important for bone health, for long-term 
for longevity and being able to maintain, you know, your body's function as you age, there are some major risk factors there, especially as women, because we're at higher risk for osteoporosis. And when we start to lose that muscle mass, we start to accelerate how much calcium is depleted from our bones. The other concern on the, going back on this question of, is it safe is we don't know the long-term effects of it. It was only approved in 2017. And one of the other asterisks associated with this medication is that it is intended to be taken for life. So when someone goes on Ozempic and they get these quote benefits from, from the drug, as soon as that drug is removed, those benefits go away. And the research is showing that when the medication stops, the weight comes back on. And it makes sense because now we're kind of going back to same hunger levels, um, food's moving through faster again. And yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it wouldn't be sustainable. So so is it long-term, is it safe long-term? We, we just don't know. But we do know that in order to maintain the results you get from it, you have to take it long-term. So that raises some questions and concerns for me. Some of the other concerns that I've talked through with my patients is that, well, one, I mentioned it's meant to be taken for life. And so is this a tool that you want to take in for the rest of your life? Um, Secondly, it is a tool, not a method. And so it's similar to weight loss surgeries. You know, when the weight loss surgeries first came out, I had actually worked at a bariatric clinic for several years. This was long before my eating disorder days, but, um, you know, there were people that were really successful with it. But then again, there were people that got the surgery and ended up right back where they were before the surgery, only now they had gone through major, major reconstruction of their internal systems. And I mean, surgery, any surgery is major. So I think that can be applied here is that with some people who look at this as a tool and as a part of their journey, it can be a tool that helps them. And at the same time, if it's looked as a method, if it's looked at as a method, you're setting yourself up for failure because this is only a piece and it's not going to do all the work for you. I mentioned this before at the very beginning that it is contraindicated for anyone with an eating disorder. So you guys know me and this is my background. I'm an eating disorder specialist. So of course I have some major concerns about this. How many people go seek out this medication and have a eating disorder and never get treatment? And so now we're making it worse, right? We're messing with their gut microbiome. We might be increasing depression, anxiety. What are the side effects from that? And there's no screening tool as far as I know. I mean, I would hope physicians are doing due diligence and investigating as to whether or not their clients or patients have eating disorders before prescribing this medication. But I can say when I worked in the bariatric clinic, even though you like patients had to go through a psychiatric evaluation before getting weight loss surgery, it didn't always stop people who were struggling with an eating disorder from, from getting through the system. Because oftentimes people that have an eating disorder don't know they have an eating disorder. I was one of those. I had bulimia in college, was actively participating in incredibly disordered eating patterns, and I had totally normalized it in my head. I mean, I just kind of said, oh, this is what I have to do because, you know, I have to engage in these purging behaviors because I ate this and it's fine. Like I'm not super skinny. I haven't lost weight, so it's fine. You know, I completely normalized it. And we see that across the board with eating disorders. I mean, very rarely have I, (laughs) very, very rarely have I had someone come into my office or meet with me initially and say, 
you know, I am here because I have an eating disorder. Usually it's like, I struggle with food. Like this doesn't feel normal. Like that, you know, there's an issue, but like to say the words, I have an eating disorder. There's a lot of stigma attached to that. And it can, it can feel very scary and it's a label and that's, you know, that's a whole nother story. But anyways, the two types of eating disorders that I would think would pop up with this specific population are binge eating disorder and bulimia nervosa. Those are far more underdiagnosed than anorexia because they're not typically associated with a very low body weight. Although now that I'm thinking about this, I mean, <laughs> the Ozempic drug is, it, its claim to fame was when Hollywood started taking it. How many people in Hollywood are struggling with anorexia? Hmm. I don't know. That would be an interesting study. <laughs> if you want to fund my study, let me know. If you know how to write grants and do all that jazz, that's outside of my wheelhouse. Uh, I would love to know that because I am interested in that. Anyways, okay, and my biggest, biggest issue with Ozempic is that recently the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a new position statement on how to treat obesity and saying that they would approve medications like Ozempic for children as young as 12. Oh, like the thought of that, you know, instead of teaching 12-year-olds how to like listen to their body, like how do you feel after you eat Takis compared to when you eat grapes? <laughs> you know, this is something I'm working through with my kids. My boys love Takis. They're colorful. They're fun to eat. And it takes a lot of work to get them to realize like how they feel after that. And honestly, they don't always notice because they're also kids and they're resilient. But getting a 12-year-old to come to that space is a lot of work. And, you know, a lot of the food that people have access to, whether it's for socioeconomic reasons or limited cash flow, they're more processed foods. And so instead of providing more resources for these 12-year-olds, instead of teaching them how to trust their body, instead of teaching them how to live in their body we're now considering just giving them a medication and not just a medication, a medication for the rest of their life that we don't know what it's doing to their GI tract. Yeah, that's a major red flag for me. So see, I said I was trying not to be biased, but on the kid one, I'm very biased. I'm like, ah, oh. you know, there's a lot of things we can do with kiddos before we start giving them a medication. So, okay. So all of that being said, has the research shown that Ozempic helps with weight loss? Yes. Does it have long-term side effects? We aren't quite sure, and right now none have popped up, although I would also argue that in the 90s, FenFen came out, and that one had no, no long-term side effects. And then a few years later, we found out there was irreversible heart damage that was associated with it, and so we took it off the market. I only share that because, you know, we have to know history or we're doomed to repeat it. So I think we have to consider that even though there are no long-term effects right now, that doesn't mean we aren't going to see them later. Does this mean we shouldn't take it? I don't know. That's a question for you to think about because here's the reality. I don't know what your risks are. I don't know what your health status is, what your genetics are. So instead, what I want to do is I want to prompt you with some questions, and this is coming from the Empowered Eating Lens, some questions to help you navigate whether or not you're thinking of formulating an opinion about this medication or whether or not you're thinking about taking it. So the empowered eating model overlays nutrition science, biofeedback, and your values. So let's start with nutrition science. Will it help you lose weight? Yes. 
Is it a safe way to lose weight? We don't know. Initial studies are saying, yep, it's okay. So far, so good. But we don't have enough information to promise anything. And if history has told us anything, we should proceed with caution. And we also don't know the type of weight loss that is occurring. If we look at it through the lens of biofeedback, this is a biofeedback dysregulator. So it's not something that's necessarily in alignment with this piece of the empowered eating model, which is probably where I have the biggest hang up with it. Because I really believe that your body is trustworthy and that it is something that you can work with and live comfortably in. And this is a medication that dysregulates it. Now, there are some people who are in bodies that are already dysregulated, right? Like if you have insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes, which this is what the medication was originally intended for. That may be a different story. And that's where talking with your healthcare provider is a really, really good idea. But for someone that doesn't have that and is using this for that next layer of weight loss, I don't know. I mean, it it dysregulates the very thing that we are talking about listening to here. And the last one is your values. And here I have just a couple of questions that I want you to consider. So the first question is this. I want you to ask yourself why you're interested in taking this and then ask yourself why five more times. This is a tool I learned in grad school about when someone presents you with a symptom, ask them why five times, and then you get to the root reason of the symptom. So let's do this from a psychological perspective. What is at the root reason of your desire or your interest in this medication? Why do you want to take Ozempic? Ask yourself five times and get to the bottom of that answer. And then once you get to the bottom of that, does this line up with your values and the woman you want to be? And that's that. Because if it does, girl, I am all for women doing things to feel more empowered in her body. Have a conversation with your healthcare provider and decide if that is right for you. If the answer is no, and it doesn't line up with who you want to be, consider this drug and all the headlines and the TikTok before and after photos as the latest sparkly fad that you do not have to participate in. And that's okay. All right. That was a lot in a very short episode. So like I said, I have linked some additional podcasts for you guys if you would like to continue this conversation. Because in reality, this conversation is one that is ongoing. We're going to learn more as more science comes out. It also scratches on some of the bigger topics like, you know, what is too much weight other than the BMI, which is totally skewed by... I mean, there's no diversity in the establishment of the BMI. There's limitations on ethnicity and socioeconomic statuses. So I just, you know, BMI, while it's the best tool we have right now, it's not great. So (laughs) there's still a major disagreement in science as to what is too much body weight in terms of health risk. And again, like too much body weight in terms of health risk is very different than a too much weight in terms of what our culture says. So those are two different conversations. You see, you can see how this is a total rabbit hole. I mean, I could go on forever, so, but that is beyond the scope of this podcast. My hope today is that I shed some light on this new medication, Ozempic, answered some questions, looked at what it is, how it works, and what some of the new the research that we have so far says, so that when you see those things coming across social media and the headlines, you're able to keep your empowered eating glasses on. And that's a wrap for today. Have a fabulous day. And do me a favor, spread some empowered eating love. Like, look at another woman today and just tell her how she's beautiful and why she's beautiful. Something beyond what our culture says. Like, don't tell her she looks great in her clothes. Like, tell her 
Her laugh is contagious. Tell her you're inspired by her intellect because we are all out there working on becoming the healthiest version of ourselves. And at the same time, the body we're in today is all we got. So we got we to gotta take it day by day and find gratitude in each day. So spread some of that empowered eating love. Cheers, my friends, and happy eating. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.